podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that knows all about how a lack of penetration can put you in a bad mood. This week on Heart and Hand, we've seen more square balls than a Lego hooker. Hi folks, FanDuel is one day fantasy football. You select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures so you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win money if you're good enough in one day. First up, you choose your contest. You can play for free or put your own money on the line for bigger payouts. We are playing the £5 fan fave with six grand of prizes to be won by the top 36 managers. Then you pick your dream team. You have £100 million to spend. There's no subs, no captains, just 11 shirts to fill and the perfect formation to find. Splash out on the deserts and hunt out all the hidden gems. It's the ultimate test of your football knowledge. FanDuel was designed by football fans like us and is powered by Opta Stats. It's about much more than goals, assists and clean sheets. Every pass, interception, every tackle, they've all got big implications. And we've got an offer for you. If you sign up with the promo code RANGERS, then FanDuel will return your entry free, eh, fee as free credit if you don't win cash in your first contest up to a terror. So use the offer and enter your team against ours. If you don't win cash, you'll get that entry fee returned as credit so you can play again for free next week so nothing to lose go to fanduel.co.uk and enter our promo code rangers in the promo code field on sign up to bag the offer available in the uk only for those over 18 please play it responsibly terms apply so welcome to heart and hand the rangers podcast my name is david edgar i'm your host and i'm joined this week somewhat quietly by mr scott vandenacker Technical problems, folks. I've been told to holler. You're not happy. I'm not happy. Yeah, it's not our fault, actually. Um, we can blame the good people at Sky. Um, apparently, there's some sort of connection issue, so broadband isn't working for various parts of the country, uh, deepest, darkest airship being one of them. So we're uh, just having to do this by by the old-fashioned way of 4G. Just just like when it was all fields round here, mate. Yeah, David had to find his 4G spot. I'm going to let that dead silence stay there while the audience allow a bit of tumbleweed to roll across their their path in front of them and they just shake their head silently and go, what's he, that poor poor guy David, what has he got to work with? They're weeping for me, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're weeping at you, if if that counts. Well, right, speaking of weeping, let's start a big, 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 big week, but uh, not very good one. We'll start off at Hamden on Sunday, and the allegation that has been labelled at Mark Warburton, uh, and it's quite a frustrating one because it will come back to it, and it will be true later in the week, but it wasn't true at the start, the, the allegation being he never changes anything. He did change for Hamden. He played Lee Hodson at fullback, pushed James Tavernier into midfield with the idea to block Celtic's kind of most attacking threat or best attacking uh, threat of Tierney and Sinclair teaming up, which I think worked rather well. And the, the team defended very well. Matt Gilks came in and had a great match in terms of shot stopping, although his distribution wasn't great. And overall, although Celtic created many chances, the team was significantly better 
in terms of defence than they were in the match a few weeks ago at Parkhead. Unfortunately, they had all the attacking threat of an action man with no genitals in a little Barbie house hostel full of little Barbie birds. What you're looking for in that situation, of course, is some Roe Hypnol and a Clawhammer and Big Mark's Slovak English translation book. Mm. We had none of those. No. We, 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 were as, we were as toothless as a Celtic fan. We had no moves like Shagger. None. We didn't dance like Shota. No. It, it, it was incredibly, incredibly weak and anemic and we fashioned really one decent chance the Jason Holt one. And apart from that, I don't think we could could claim to have really... Eight, 83 minutes, Joe Dodu won our first corner. Yeah. 83 minutes. That probably tells the story. It reminds me of years ago when Ebby Scovedal at Aberdeen. Remember Aberdeen were losing like 7-8-9-0 to Celtic before Matt yeah. McGee took over and reinstalled that. But uh, he played a much more defensive team and they lost 2-0. And somebody said to him, well, it was better. He said, yeah, it was better. The operation was a success, but the patient still died. And yes. that was that was kind of you got the impression. In fact, you got you didn't get the impression. It was quite clear that we were hoping to hang in, see if we could nick one. But everybody in that stadium knew that as soon as Celtic got one, the game was finished. Um, whether it had come in the fifth minute or as it did in the the eighty eighth minute, it it was. I, I'm I'm struggling. I can't say it was better because yeah, we it was better than getting thrashed, but it's still an old firm defeat. It's still a cup semi-final defeat, and I mean, the, the old cliche, we went out with a whimper rather than a bang, I don't even think we mustered a whimper. It, it is difficult, it, the only thing I can think of in recent times, when I was very young, and you were probably a baby, genuinely, I used to listen to the radio, because you couldn't get the games on TV, old from games, and this would have been after John Gregg, but the early 80s, and we used to regularly get pumped. And I would always listen to the radio, I'd settle down, get the wireless, sometimes at my grand and granddad's house. We'd all hope for the best, but you knew what would happen. The second time that happened was under Eck. Remember, you and I actually went to a lot of those games together. Yeah. And again, you knew what would happen. Yes. You hoped, you chatted in the car, you had potential team lineups, and but you knew deep down. Sunday, my dad and I, on the way to the game, every single person there knew what would happen. We just hoped it wasn't five or six or seven. Everyone wanted to save face and go home after a safe day. No trouble in the crowd. Just get home. I don't think a single out of the 25,000 Rangers fans thought we'd win the game. That's where we are now. It's a very sad, harsh, stark reality. And we'll touch on it later. I know that David's got a lot to talk about. Where we are now is we have no expectations of beating Celtic at all, no matter what we do. All we can do is try and stop them scoring by putting everyone behind the ball. To be honest, I can't pick fault with that. I don't know what else really we could have done. Um, the passing was horrendous. What I would say, if we're talking about this game in particular, the touch and the passing was utterly horrendous. And if you're going to play a 4-3-3, or deep 4-5-1 as we actually did to try and get more protection, you have to be slicker. There's a way of doing it. You have to make your passes count. We were utterly horrendous in possession, especially Windass. I'm not going to blame him because he's back from a long layoff. He said himself that his touch wasn't there. But we couldn't pass to the same colour of jersey. If you add that to the problems we've had in defence and the problems of Celtic being a stronger squad anyway, 
you cannot get anything out of these games if you can't pass the ball, retain possession, find a guy in the same colour jersey, or even try and build up some sort of momentum. The ball just kept coming back at us, constantly like a pinball machine. And I'm not surprised by the score, sadly. There's no point us breaking down the game further because there really wasn't a lot more to it than that except to commend Matt Gilks. Uh, I thought Clint Hill played well. I thought Tavernier um, played well Hodson, in the Hodson, first half. Hodson marked Sinclair out the game. Yeah, Hodgson had a, a good game but then followed up with an absolutely shocking one. And it's it's that game I want to talk more about. The, the reason being is there really isn't a lot you can say about the old form. And, and there is a realistic part of me that grudgingly sadly accepts that at the moment Celtic are a good bit in front of us they have uh, I thought the difference people said oh, it was the midfield I actually thought the difference was uh, up front because when we played the ball forward it came straight back and we were on the defensive when they played it forward it was held up and chances were made so yes you can say well the midfield might not have been able to get there to support the forwards but the fact is they never had the opportunity to so I thought it was the forwards but then you look at their forward line and they've got in Sinclair, uh, Griffiths, uh, who's the wonder kid? What's the Dembele? Um, they've got Roberts, Pat Roberts. Roberts. They've got better players than we have, so that's sore, but understandable to a degree, and that that's okay. I'm where are we doing good things in the league, and where are we showing signs of improvement or playing well in other matches. You would say, right, okay, we need to just keep. We know the level that we're aiming for. Let's let's keep trying to progress it. So we then come up. We've got two two matches, two home matches, and two vital home matches at that to really get the the, the season kick started. Now, after the five one defeat, you could say that was a confidence sapping defeat. I don't think Sunday can be characterised as that because, as you said, of the low expectations going in. So I don't think you can say, well, we we were expecting to. You know, we were expecting to win, and it took the wind out of our sails. So there was no excuse to say all oh, that the confidence was was shattered. Uh, I'm sure it's fragile after the start they've had to the season. But we turn up to play St. Johnson, and then the manager who has changed things on on the the Sunday, then almost if you like reverts to type, and we play the four three three, very rigid, with the two wingers stuck right out on the touchline, and the usual sort of midfield formation, and it was absolutely horrendous. And again, there was no touch, there was no pace, the passing was really poor. The first half, they did make a few chances, but this is what really frustrated me. Right at the start of the second half, Rangers deserved to... It was a mistake. Hodgson made a mistake. It was that combo that happens to teams that are short of confidence. Hodgson made an error and the boy hits a wonder goal and we're a goal down. You know, even though Hodgson made an error, the guy still has a lot to do and he curls an absolute... No, he curls an absolutely... It arcs right up over the keeper, no keeper in the world saving it, and it is that double whammy, and you you are sitting there thinking, God, every mistake we make, we get punished. But then we do have the better of the the half, we don't give them another opportunity in the first half, and we make chance, a reasonable chance, not great chances, but we make a keeper make a few saves, and force a few corners, and we get a goal from Joe Garner. And great, you see what Garner does, incidentally. He is not a great footballer, but he does score goals. That's what I've seen him do for Preston in the past. If you make him chances, he will score goals. Think of him as a sort of shorter Chris Boyd in that regard and incidentally before people say oh you're saying he's as good as Boyd I'm not you know time will tell but um, I'm just saying he's that's the type of player he has don't expect him to be beating men or um, linking up superbly he's a poacher so we get the goal we get it at half time and I think then there's the expectation of going right here we go come out for the second half 
The second half was the worst performance that I think Rangers have given under under Mark Warburton. And oh, I suppose the five one you would say, but certainly given the level of opportunity, a uh, level of opposition, sorry, it was just pathetic. Uh, it was clueless, it was shapeless, it had no dynamism, uh it was fearful, it was cowardly. Uh, it was really terrible, but what really, really frustrated me, um, long way for a shortcut there, but what really frustrated me was right at the start of the second half, Tommy Wright, who is a good journeyman SPFL manager, right, a decent one certainly, but no more, no less, makes a change where he pushed his two fullbacks up into midfield and then pushed his two wide midfielders onto our fullbacks and told them to press, press high. Gambling that by doing this, Rangers wouldn't be able to get out and what would happen is, although the two wingers had room in behind, we wouldn't be able to find them, which is exactly what happened. We couldn't play out from the back at all. We just couldn't. And I think it was our friend Sir Duncan Ferguson on on, on Twitter who said it resembled that Simpsons episode where it's half-back into midfield, holds it, holds it, holds it, back to the goalkeeper. And it was like that, it was just Wes to the centre half, to a midfielder to turn round, back to the goalkeeper back to Wes, other side, try again and every time then we would get fed up, launch it long and it would come straight back and St Johnson would have a chance, and St Johnson deserved to win the match based on the second half, they were by far the better side, we didn't create anything at all and it was a display that was so insipid that you could have turned it into an mp3 and called it a Kasabian song my god that's how bad it was are you sure are you sure oh aye well there's there's two things that I would I would say which will probably bring us on to to broader topics number one something that worried me a bit on Sunday and has been and it certainly worried me last night when we start shelling the ball long I don't think it's exactly Gagan pressing, is it? Hmm. What we're facing is all that happens is one of the opposition's players walks usually yeah, walks close to the guy receiving fall, it. Yeah, follows Holton Halliday, and that's it. The whole thing, everything collapses, and it's not. It's just somebody follows the midfielder, so he can't receive the ball from Wes or Matt Jilks, and that's it. It's not a high press. It's not a Barca style constant harassment. It's just a tweak. And that's it, that's the, end, that's the end of possession. But but do you know why, Scott? Because, and this, as I say, this is what got to me, is as soon as Tommy Wright did that, I knew we weren't going to do anything to counter it. We were going to continue to do what we do. And yes. that that's what happened. We made like-for-like substitutions, and that's exactly what oh, we... Oh, on the hour mark, of course. No, 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 later. Actually, the, we could have done with it earlier, and for some reason yeah. they didn't come on the hour mark. And ah. it... it you knew we weren't going to go, they've they've made this change, we need to do this to, to take yeah. advantage of that, or you know, there's now space in behind them, so what we'll do it there was none of that, we just kept doing. And you had the ludicrous uh and, and slightly ridiculous situation where the ball would go back to Fodderingham, who didn't want to kick it long, but knew if he passed it out it was just coming back and the crowd were gonna get onto him. So you had this very frustrated, confused looking goalkeeper following instructions. And the yeah. argument that I've seen put forward is the crowd got onto the flares and then when it, it was kicked long it just oh, came... Oh, that does what all 
Well, this Don't is something that I did see online and uh, I did see on Mark's website, followfollow.com, for any newbies. I did see that the crowd were terrible and they've got to take their share of the blame. Now, my view on it is 40,000 people turned up three days after a crushing cup final defeat to a team that had scored before last night 11 goals in nine matches. Um, paid, went there freezing cold October night and, you know, were up for it at the start and certainly were and got frustrated and lost their head. And I I find it pretty poor to be criticising team Yet yeah, we all know what it's like at Ibrox, right? Right. We're not It's a tough place to play. It's a tough place. we're not Scotland fans, we don't cheer mediocrity, it's not who we are and we never will be. So all that we should be doing this. I you know, and in, in, in a perfect world we should, we don't, right? That's the reality of the situation. So so spare me that pish. The play it's never gonna change. So the players either need to be able to play in it or, you know, yeah. find somewhere else find, to play. Find a club that's mediocre. Um, the other thing that it, it brings me to, though, is um, the question, of course, and we could be here all night, and I don't know if you want to maybe do an extended megapod. Um, no, I'd imagine. But <laughs> why Why is the question? Why? Because obviously, you asked the question a minute ago, and I'm going to answer it, me old chum, okay? What should we have done? Well, with Johnston, who are a very limited team, would you agree? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Hard working, but uh, hard working, honest, but not exactly blessed with great skill. When we're facing them at home, and they decide that their line is going to be in the halfway line, and their whole team is almost p- pushed forward into our half, what does that suggest there might be opening up? David? Yeah, space in behind. A few passes around them, triangles, giving goes, passing moves, and you. Why aren't we? Why is no one able to make the pass? Well, receive the pass. What is the fear? What I'm going to say is there's a fear factor, and I know that I saw it on Sunday. Yeah, there is. Why? Why? Well, what's changed since the last start of last season? What's changed about the philosophy of Mark Warburton, the plan, the fact he said he'd produce fit players, he said he'd work with them every day, he said pass and move would be in their blood eventually. Why are they shit scared to even receive the ball, let alone think about a one touch pass? What has happened to make it that everyone shells it long and then hides? Scott. What do you think? Yes. I'll tell you my opinion of what's wrong. And That's others, what I want to hear, my friend. I want to hear it. People can listen to it and others can disagree. Um, but I think we've all learned over the course of this show that if I'm saying it, it's because it's true. So Yeah, and see the other opinions that come later, you don't really pay any attention to them, do you? Send them to Scott, I don't give a fuck. Um, no, yep. Yeah, because I'm right, otherwise I wouldn't say it. Think about yeah. it. Um, all joking aside... We are not good enough to play the type of football that Mark Warburton wants to play. He does not have good enough players to do that. And that's that's in a nutshell. Now, it's great having ideals. It absolutely is. It's great having a philosophy. It absolutely is. However, you are not employed as a football manager or coach or whatever title you want to give it because of your ideas. You are paid at your success at implementing your ideas. Otherwise... Jonathan Wilson would be the highest paid coach in the world. It's what do we do? What do we spend most of our days doing? Talking about football, yeah. And how much money do we earn from <laughs> Nothing, yeah, quite <laughs> rightly. Because we couldn't go into a club and instill this in them. Now, it comes back to something we would say in the lower divisions that people would say, oh, with the players that we have, we should be doing better. And I understood that as well. But the, the counter side to that was, look, if... A player, if Stephen Smith or Ricky Foster or Kyle Hutton can't trap the ball in the Premier League, they're still not going to be able to trap the ball 
in the first division. They're still not going to be able to trap the ball in junior level because they can't trap the ball. Now, we have players who cannot play this high tech. There was a, a brilliant example of it last night when we sprung an attack and it went to Waghorn and he miscontrolled it and the crowd sort of got on his back and I thought, no, that's it in microcosm because it was played quickly to the guy and sometimes he'll take it, but very rarely. The people in our side who have the skill to be able to do this, and I'm talking about the technical ability, are Cranshire and Mackay. And Tav maybe. And Tav maybe, yeah. Tav, Tav's having a good season. But I would say that that's pretty close to it. Now, the rest of them have ability and they have a good skill set and they're talented footballers but what they do not have I don't think is this ability to play this football that relies one touch touch, give and go instant control constant movement and very very high levels of game intelligence when it comes to position and the fact of the matter is is that Rangers would be doing better if we simplified our game uh, this is a tough system to play, incidentally. Manchester City are trying to play it at the moment and their players are looking a bit confused and don't really know what they're trying to do. So. Actually, um, Bayern, we read that book, uh, Pep Confidential, Yeah. and um, the Bayern players at first said it was it was actually stressful, like emotionally stressful, the training. It was so intense and they were getting upset at first by trying to follow a 4-3-3 at that pace and that tempo. It's very difficult. It is very difficult to do and the idea that because you know you see other teams do it, you can't just say, well, they do it, so we'll do it, because they have players of different technical ability than you. And the fact is, if we simplified our game and looked at what we do have and tried to work, you can't help but feel, because we do have some good players, I'm not buying this whole, oh, the players are all totally rubbish. Are they good enough to win the title? No. Are they better than they're showing? Yes. And I just watched this last night, and I thought, the players don't know what they're supposed to be doing. We're not getting any scared, better. And they're scared to try it anyway. Yeah, and we're regressing at an alarming rate. The fact is, is we need to be we need to be more solid. We need extra bodies in midfield. You can see that, for instance, Garner would work better uh, with a partner. Especially, you, who do you think is a hard-working grafter with loads of experience and now he's yeah, played at this level? That's mm, yeah. Kenny that, Miller who's that, in the squad. That's exactly what I think. I mean, oh, Garner would love, you know, just playing with Miller buzzing around him. You, you do get that. Or Wycorn. Wycorn can do the same role. Wycorn's yep. a hard worker. But I, I was just watching it and it was clueless and the crowd got in their back and it got it got pretty ugly because there was no way we were scoring in the second half and you knew that and everybody knew that. And Warburton stood on the touchline and, you know, there's a bit of me that wonders, what are you doing? Because you're not going to make any changes. So you're basically standing there shouting encouragement. You're basically doing what we do. Yeah, you know, because you're not going to say, right, you push up, you do that, you drop in, you know, change change the shape, you know, it, that's not going to happen. Now, I am one of these people who find myself at right. The other thing about it is, is already because this is what happens. Maybe it's just the digital age. I don't know, but what happens is arguments get to extreme points form. No, very quickly though. Yeah, and and both yeah. sides accuse the opposition of uh, going to the, the extreme very quickly and so what's already apparent is you either believe that the, the people who have concerns about Warburton uh, are saying well you know you, you would back him regardless any and you think the guy's going to deliver the European Cup which is not what I think the, the Warburton backers are all 
are all thinking. But then in turn, they then accuse the people who have concerns about Warburton are going, oh, wait, 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 do you want Ali back? Do you want Alec McLeish? Is that it? Hoofball. That's what you want, isn't it? And it, no, that's not what they want either. And I think the truth falls somewhere in the middle. Mark Warburton is a young manager in terms of managerial experience. Not a young man, but he's a young manager. Mark Warburton is an incredibly classy gentleman and a credit to our club in terms of his conduct. However, he is facing a big test. I have been more positive about him than you. You have been saying probably since about Christmas we aren't playing well. No, genuinely, since the Hibs match, I would say at Ibrox, you have been saying that we're I not, noticed, yeah, yeah, that we're, were not, we're not playing well, we're not playing well. And I've been saying, well, you know, we were... Now, a record in 2016, go and look at our win-loss record, guys. It's shocking. It's really, really poor. Especially away games. And now, now the performances aren't there. It's not like you can say, well, we're close to clicking, or the performances are there, or they're doing this or that. It's not happening. And... I can't see I can't see how it changes because if you do the same things then surely common sense dictates you'll get pretty much the same results. Well I'll tell you on Saturday if you were the Kelly manager okay you and I could give the speech now couldn't you? Yeah yeah. Push up uh, always go with the midfielder when they're going to get the ball off the goalie yeah, push always in. follow him in push in in the back four Pushing the back four, squeeze the space, and don't mind the wingers because they're never going to find them with the pass. It yeah. won't be that accurate. And win the second ball. Whenever when we win the big header, make sure you're there for the knockdown from the centre half. We... No, that's it. It's going to happen again yeah. this Saturday. My nephew last night turned to me and said, "Why can't we never win the second ball?" And you know this is you know Don's up from England. He's an Arsenal season ticket. Normally he's, he's studying up here, and this is his first season watching his weekend week out. And I mean he said you know. We never win the second ball, and we don't. We we very rarely no. win the win possession. And I think it's because the midfield still the, positionally can be all over the place from time to time because there's a lot of ball chasing goes on uh, and a lot of you know following the man and whatnot and uh, almost a desperate rush to get back. One of the arguments that sort of grinds my gears, shall we say, and, I, and I'm going to just mention this because people have asked me on it and I've been very rude to them on social media and will continue to be. Well, what's your plan? I'm not an employee of Rangers. I am a supporter. My plan will not be up to par. That's why I'm not an employee of Glasgow Rangers. That's why I'm not an employee of any football club. Yep. Who would you get in as manager? I'm not a football man. No, I'm not a football management recruitment consultant. I don't know who's available out there. I'm not going to be involved in the interview process and nor am I qualified to make that decision. You work in an office. But if your best argument is, well, what would you do? Eh, 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 it's kind of like somebody, you know, can you imagine if you went to, if you were a shareholder and you went to the meeting at te- uh, Tesco annual general meeting and you said, well, why were profits down last year? I don't think that the CEO of Tesco stand up and go, well, what would you do? Eh, eh, big you man. You ever run a shop? Exactly. It's, it's a stupid argument and if you're making it, you've kind of lost the argument because... 
It's not up to a, a person is allowed, a paying customer, a fan, a supporter, someone who puts their heart and soul and their time, is allowed to say this isn't good enough if it's not good enough. And if they're talking shit, then fair enough, make your case. But if they say I want rid of the manager and they put forward a legitimate case for it, and at the moment I don't, but I certainly think that the wheels are in motion that way. Um, but it, it, you can't then say, hey, well, who would you get in? Hey, hey, you want Ali back? You want... No, they, they don't. And another argument I've seen put forward is, uh, well, look at Celtic in the 90s. You know, they chopped and changed their manager all the time and it didn't work for them. I don't give a fuck what Celtic did in the 90s. <laughs> I want us to be... I don't want to... I am so proud of the fact Rangers have had so few managers in our history. In our 140 plus years history, we've had so few managers. And I love that. I don't want us to change. But that's a shit reason to keep someone on board. And I was probably guilty of that with McCoyst, incidentally. I was I was too long uh, before I turned, you know, to realism with McCoyst because I was like, we don't sack managers and he's a, a club legend and that. Mark Warburton's a wonderful guy. I love to hear him talk about football normally. Um, I would say he's, he's talked a bit of shit after these last few matches. Last night, at one point, when the booing got up, it wasn't booing, actually, I'm, I'm being unfair, but when the... That's the thing. Grumbling. Yeah, people talk about boo. Rangers fans don't really boo. We grumble, we moan, and we fuck sake. But we don't yeah. uh, tend to... But when it was one of those after... Yeah, a howl of frustration is probably the best phrase. Warburton sort of turned round to the main stand and kind of shook his head, and I thought, oh, that's a fight you ain't going to win. I, I don't, no. don't come down. And Never do the old... Can't you see I'm a purist? I'm a pep disciple. It's not going to work it's with us. No. no. Um, the results aren't good enough. The performance. Also, we're a working class team. No, no, I don't mean. You've talked about your nephew going to Arsenal. We're not Arsenal. We still have an element of our support that is quite working class and earthy. Yeah. You're not going to sit down and lecture us on inverting the pyramid, as no. you said by Jonathan Wilson. They're not going to wear it. It's not the wrong club to start that. You know, it's the wrong argument at the wrong time. Yeah, and I just think that we are now. Heading towards a situation where we're not winning games, we're not scoring goals, uh, we're still. Oh, don't look like it. No, is... that's the, that's what I was going to say. You can understand if the performances are showing signs of the performances are getting worse and we are regressing. Follow, follow website test. Mark's website test is dot dot dot. Someone's going to take a seven nil doing any minute now. Yeah, that doesn't. No, nobody and I know. Isn't the case. It's nowhere near. No, the there, case. Even last season when there was some grumblings, I thought somebody's going to take a right hammering from us and and Dundee. I remember doing so and that, you know because you could tell that there was a performance coming to it and that hasn't looked like that this season um, I think we're making average sides look a bit better than they are and this other thing like, you know second is all that we can uh, aim for this season well first of all no second is what we, we never aim for second second might be a limit but it's not what we aim for no. um, and secondly no. Um, you know, it's it's all we can expect. Well, yes, I understand that, but uh, our results at the moment aren't really filling. Filling, we're only two points off second. Well, that's because Aberdeen and Hearts both lost this week, and and that's another justification. Well, Aberdeen and Hearts both lost this week. I don't compare what we do to that. I understand that Celtic have a better side than us this season, and I'm realistic enough, and you know, uh, sad as it is to say. I understand that. All I want is us to be the best version of Rangers that we can be. And right now, I don't think we are. No, I would say two things. Number one, I'm a wee bit older than David. Good bit um, older than David. 
Yeah, and a lot older than most of the people listening to this pod. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, and you know me, David, I'm a bit of a traditionalist, certainly not a handringer, but never will I ever accept that our direct peers and our, the teams that were exactly the same as are Aberdeen and fucking Hearts. Yeah. Never, never. Okay, sorry, Celtic are better than us at the moment. We are not in the pack with Inverness fucking Cali. Yeah. Okay, no. Sorry. You no. can, uh, in, in the words of Mark, you can get that to fuck. Yes. Secondly, can I also say, my own view, just so that the listeners are clear, I do want Mark Warburton to stay, and I want him to be the one that turns us round. Not someone else. I want him to sort this, but if I'm being honest, if you look at the signs that are out there, you look at the... I personally think it's heading one way, okay? Mm. And I don't want to say that. It's not looking good. Personally, I want him to turn it around and him to change his ways and adapt. But if you're asking me to put money on the bookies, I I really wouldn't put a single penny on him starting next season as a manager. And I think that's really sad. Really, really sad. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm the same. I want this guy to succeed. Uh, I want if he goes, I still want a coach. If you like, almost from the same cut from the same cloth. Has to be the same ideas. Yeah, has to be mate. Yeah, the same modern take on football, training, nutrition, youth, all that kind of stuff. Brilliant. Mark Warburton, even if he doesn't leave us with a, even if he doesn't leave us with a good team, was a great appointment and is has been good for the club because of the stuff he's brought to us off the field. It could be that Mark Warburton. It could be, and I hope it isn't, but it could be that Mark Warburton is a technical director, that he is not a coach. And um, I'll give you an example. There's a guy at Southampton called Les Reed. Southampton, brilliantly run club, great scouting, fantastic youth system, doing very well for themselves. Well, the managers also, they get great managers. They get great managers. Les Reed was, however, the guy at Charlton who made an absolute balls of it because he was a terrible manager. And no, War- Warburton clearly isn't a terrible manager, but you know, you see my point that yes. you can be great at all of that stuff and not necessarily be great at putting together a winning football team. Here I see Mark Warburton. I always think of the phrase director of football. Yeah, and that, uh, yeah. yeah. He's uh, on the ruthless streak. Somebody today, I was talking to him about Walter Smith. I recall Walter had better players and a bigger budget, and it's not like we like but Walter had a unique understanding of A, Scottish football and B, Rangers fans and what they will and won't accept. Mm. Are you good in this? I've listened back to the pod, 100 odd. What David and I try to do, and David's especially I think good at, is we're quite a unique club and there are things we just won't wear. There are some things it's not going to happen. And you have to understand it's not like a club, a passionless club like some of the ones down south or even on the, on the continent, you know. Mm. We're very unique. We still care. We, we're the kind of, it's hard to describe, in our minds, we are the biggest club in the world, except we're not. So imagine having to come into that situation where the fans believe one thing and reality is showing another. And Warburton at the moment isn't grasping that you have to win games, that we want to see victories, and that we want to see victories like Ajax in 1996. Mm. But in the end, we still want a victory. It doesn't matter. See, it's not like Ajax in 96. We still want to win. Mm. Losing and then coming out and saying, oh, see how we lost though? It was amazing the way we technically lost. Nobody gives a shit. Mm. And that's sad. And maybe it's backward. And maybe we're holding the club back. And maybe you could have blah, blah, blah. We want, we want, and I'll tell you what's coming up. And you've probably noticed this as well, listeners. We have two games against Hearts and a game against Aberdeen in the next, what, five weeks? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't care how you do it. 
I don't care if it's beautiful, I don't care if it's ugly, we cannot lose those those games. No. And that's all coming up before mid-November. I'm sorry, Mr Warburton, you have to not sort out how we play beautifully, you have to sort out how we win these games. Yeah, I think when with any team, if you're not doing well, you go back to basics and you, you, you saw that. And, uh, oh, speaking of which, I would like a little word of, I think it's not a great reflection on how well we've done this season, but so far, uh, after everyone laughing, and, and me included, and you included, and uh, but I don't I don't think we were wrong, Clint Hill is kind of shaping up as a best signing. I, I won't lie, it's Clint Hill plus one other. Yeah. He was excellent against Celtic. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't be at Steve Hodgson got in the team semi-regularly I wouldn't be upset Oh he had a shocker the other night though mate because he made right a mistake and it, and it went to, I mean he got a bit better second half but the, the, he made a mistake and it got to him and you could see that and he then spent the rest of the half you could see it was preying on his mind trying to make up for it too quickly and, and just mistake after mistake I don't want to leave because anyone who saw the match will be wondering why I didn't I didn't mention this the referee um, I don't believe that Scottish referees are Ben, I always think they're just bad. That referee the other night, Kevin Clancy, he tested that theory. I mean, he pushed that to the limit because it was a string of shocking... Uh, every 50-50 he gave to St. Johnson, but every 60-40 he gave to St. Johnson. I'd say we were up probably about 70-30, and it was just... It, it became like a running joke that... You just knew every time the whistle blew what was what was coming, and it was a perplexing and odd odd performance. But it was not the reason why Rangers didn't win. So let no. me just get that out of the way right now. Um, it, it was a, a, a dreadful display, but it, it wasn't the reason that we. we it's didn't the season get it. from heck so far as Alan Partridge would say. It is the season it, from heck. Very much as the the season from heck. And who knew? And that's the thing. We'll probably touch on this next week. I think we're running out of time, folks. Whatever. But if you if you look at referees. And, and, you know, I don't want to be paranoid either, but if you look at referees, injuries, off-the-field stuff, nothing, I mean, this is worse than anybody could ever... Yeah, have yeah, it's, it's a case of if it can go wrong, it, it is going wrong, the Barton situation, um, you know, it's it's been, it, it has been rubbish, but we've been through worse, even recently, and... You need yep. to, you need to, just, you know, you, you need to push with the cock you've got, and yep. that's let's start winning some games with the squad. We've yeah. got. I agree with David. Let's so, rearrange so, this squad to win games. Not wish that they were Barcelona. Yeah, and let's so, do what they circumstances are that. Okay, then Scott, you've got time. You've got time for two, so um, we'll just wrap yep. this section up, and then we'll cut to the reason Scott's here. He's, he's just killing time till we get to this. Yes, it's the Sporting Integrity Award. <laughs> The Sporting Integrity Award is when we look around the world of sport and see who's made the biggest arse themselves in the past seven days. We're looking for liars, cheats, conmen, SFA officials. You get the gist. Scott, you've time for two. I'm going to do three, but very short. Um, and it's all managerial related, okay? It's how clubs and managers can part company. There's different ways of doing it, David, isn't there? Well, there is. Um, the most creative that I've heard recently is York City. Yes. <laughs> They sacked manager Jackie McNamara. I, I believe now you're legally obliged to refer to him as the hapless Jackie McNamara. The hapless Jackie McNamara. Boo. With immediate effect. Quote, in the best interest of York City Football Club, the termination is immediate. They then unveiled a caretaker manager, Jackie McNamara. Yes. 
then after appointing a, a new manager, they appointed their director of football. No, 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 no. Even worse, chief exec. Chief exec, who was? Jackie McNamara. Yes. Now, now this is the, the guy that signs the checks. Yes, that, now, that's the best sacking ever. He was hapless and got a promotion after a day and a half. That's just wonderful, I mean... I mean, it's, it's insane. Now, what qualifications does Jackie McNamara have to be the CEO of anything? Well, I've been shit at being a manager. I've thought it was safer. Utterly bizarre. Uh, to be fair, you should go and check out uh, any York City official posting. Not so much for that on Twitter, but go and check out the York fans' response to they are well, just. They hate them, don't they? They yeah, but hate. it's the, the the bafflement and the you know seriously. Uh, I, I think that they think that Jackie has pictures of the chairman in, in some sort of incriminating position. Some of the lower league sites are good. See that? Do you not feel sorry for? But see if you go to some Blackpool sites, mm. there's a lot of humour, but it's gallows humour, and it's yeah. like. Some of these clubs down there cannot believe what's happening to them. Yeah, no wonder. No Black, wonder. What's happened to Blackpool's in the disgrace? The most considerate sacking, though, yes, was uh, Egypt's uh, Momo Suleiman of Zamalek. Okay. One of the biggest, one of the giants of Egypt, Egyptian football. Zamalek won the big two. And he said before their crunch game, if we lose the game, I'll resign. However, I'll go home first and then phone them in so I don't have to embarrass anyone in public. Yeah, that's nice of him. It's lovely, isn't it? Did they lose? Go home. Um, they did lose. <laughs> but uh, I like the way he's like, oh, I don't know what you talk about it. I'll just go home and phone them later. Yeah. It's lovely. And the most democratic, well, the most the most democratic response, David, was, now the biggest team in Ghana are called Asante Kotoko and they've won the African Champions League. They're a big team. But David Duncan, their coach, who started the season, went a terrible run, okay? And they sacked him. And his guy came in after him, did a bit better, and you know, he's not the most popular. And uh, Happy FM started a new award called the Golden Bin, right? Okay. You can imagine. It's for the worst of everything, and the worst manager of the year, overwhelmingly, was David Duncan. Yeah. Okay? Poor fellow. And they phoned him up to ask for a quote, and he said, uh, Remember, Ghana's a democracy. It's the right of the cause to vote me the worst. I will not contest this verdict in a court of law. However, they're all wrong. <laughs> there you go. Well, you can't really argue with that, can you? No, I'm actually surprised you took the call. Hello, this is Happy FM. You've won a golden bin. You've so won a golden say, bin. Why didn't they just say, fuck off, Happy ah, exactly. FM? I do want Happy FM. Okay, yeah. well, I'm going to award the the Sport Integrity Award. I think Jackie McNamara has to, to run away well, with it. Jackie McNamara, the manager, the caretaker manager, or the CEO? He can, which, which, he can share it. He can share it three ways. He can share it three ways. Uh, a bit like the money that came into Dundee United when he was there. So, congratulations, Jack. You haven't won a lot in your managerial career, but you have won this week's Sporting Integrity Award. And that's pretty much it from me and Scott this week. All that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee, Mr. Paul Miles, and to thank uh, our sponsors, Fangio. Thank you very much for continuing to support us. If you can go and set up an account and start playing Fangio, it's a lot of fun. I've won 40 quid so far. So, um, I mean, it is, uh, you know, no, I've won it. Because it's you pick a team, and if your team does well, it's so if you think you know a bit about football, it's one weekend, it's none of this, you know. 
in eight months having to remember to change striker bollocks you just pick a team on the Friday and then that's you and on the, the, the Monday they come and they tell you if you've won or if you lost it's great and uh, I, I really recommend it and it means we can continue to keep bringing you this for free which is obviously uh, the aim of it Scott thank you very much for joining me no thank you it's not been the best of weeks but we're still here yeah we're still here game on Saturday and uh, the hope springs eternal as they say oh god it all picks up again you know yeah, the minute sure. you lose the game you think oh, it's always next week exactly that's uh, <laughs> optimistic here after yes. after we've been through the last few years who can blame us for trying to look on the bright side of life um, ok my name's David Edgar I've been your host and I'll talk to you again this time next week cheers bye Network.